Pod. And uh, the way to follow it on Twitter is um, we put pound has us as our hashtag um, on all of the things that we post. So I encourage you to take a look at that. And if you are uh, able to do any um, social media yourself, I encourage you to look at the LinkedIn, uh, excuse me, the LinkedIn feed that Rich Davies has. That's pretty good for has us. And we've been posting things there as well. Um, and obviously, the more you participate, and it's not just somebody like me sort of talking at you, I think the more we'll get out of it. So I encourage you to take a look at that. And if there's something you would like me to post in terms of a project you're working on or a meeting you're having, then just let me know, and I'm happy to do that. All right. Uh, a few sort of business-related things. Our next uh, leadership and topic-specific call, as well as a HERC call, will be September 20th. The um, time for the calls and the call-in numbers are the same every month. Uh, so the number you dialed today, the time of today, that will stay the same uh, for next month's call. And in terms of the conference, we're posting proceedings on the hazus.net website. We'll post a link on the Use Hazus site. That's um, not quite in place because we're updating the proceedings a little bit. We are also posting podcasts. We did um, create podcasts at many of the sessions uh, at the conference in Seattle last week, and uh, we're posting those to the Use Hazus website. We're also posting um, recordings from topic-specific calls like this one, and the individual hugs that are having uh, guest speakers on their call. We're taping many of those calls and also turning them into a podcast. All of those podcasts will reside on Use Hazus as well as on, on iTunes. You can see them now on Use Hazus. Um, if you uh, click on the user group link and then from there go to national, um, excuse me, just Hazus user group resources, um, the first choice there is Use Hazus podcast. So that's where you can find them. They're not perfect yet. We are really, as we speak, working on uploading them editing the text that goes with them. We're in that process, and then from there, we'll upload them to iTunes. So that's happening. Um, we did have several award winners at the conference, as well as our map gallery winners, and that information will be included with the proceedings. But if you have any questions, um, by all means, just ask me. The other thing is that this year's conference, we had more first-time attendees than we've ever had. So that was pretty exciting. I think that as we continue to have conferences, we're really drawing a, a wide audience from whatever city or region that we're in and, and exposing more people to the program, which is nice. Um, also of note at the conference was the training had to do with storm surge, and there was also a presentation specific to storm surge. So if you're interested in that, you'll be able to um, look through those presentations or listen to that podcast um, through iTunes and the proceedings. So are there any questions about the conference that I can answer? All right. Has anybody else joined the call that you feel comfortable giving your name? All right, anyone else? 
Okay. Well, if you change your mind, speak up or send me an email. I'd love to get a list of who's on the phone. Um, today's call, is, we are very lucky to have um, Keith Porter on the line, and he's going to give a presentation, which you can um, download from the Use Houses website. If you uh, go to theusehouses.com, click on National Hug Conference Calls under the User Groups tab. And uh, from the National Hug Conference Calls page, under today's topic-specific call, it says um, August 16th and lists um, Keith's name with some information and says click here for presentation. So while I give a little more information, go ahead and see if you can locate that. And if you can't, I'll help you with it. Um, so Keith is uh, a professor at the University of Colorado and he's going to speak to us about a software called ROVER, which stands for Rapid Observation of Vulnerability and Estimation of Risk. And he's going to explain it in detail, but uh, the brief description is that it's a fast, free mobile software for state and local governments and private sector building owners that performs pre- and post-earthquake building safety assessments, and it can be used with um, USGS's ShakeCast as well as um, with hazards for prospective risk analysis. So has everybody been able to find that presentation? Does anybody have a question about where it is? All right. Well, Keith, I'll let you go ahead and um, take over and introduce yourself a little bit further. We are going to begin to tape this call for podcasts. So when we get to the question and answer portion of the call, please introduce yourselves as you ask or answer any questions. Okay, thank you, Jamie. Um, it's, uh, it's a great pleasure to speak to you all today. Um, before we begin, I want to let you know that uh, I just realized that the PowerPoint that, or the uh, PDF that uh, uh, Jamie just pointed you to is missing one crucial piece of information, and I'll tell you uh, what that is a little bit later on. But as a consequence, I'm going to send her a, a fresh copy of that, um, and uh, you can download it uh, uh, a little bit later. Um, the, uh, the software, uh, uh, as Jamie pointed out, is, is called Rover. Um, I'm going to introduce that software to you now. Um, I'm going to give you, uh, I'm going to talk uh, about the, its origins in FEMA 154. I'll tell you what that is, what the objectives of the software are. I'll give you an, an overview of the software, its current status, uh, the deliverables, that is the products that you can acquire. Um, and our plans for its future maintenance and development. Uh, the background is that uh, Rover grew out of a paper-based methodology called FEMA 154. That's the publication name. It's free, uh, a free paper document uh, developed uh, with FEMA support to do rapid visual screening of buildings for potential seismic risk in future earthquakes. What its objective is is to uh, identify those buildings that may represent a significant seismic hazard and distinguish them from buildings that probably do not in a very um, a brief period of time, um, maybe 10 or 20 minutes standing in front of a building. Um, it, it is not a risk estimation tool in itself. It is simply intended as a screening tool to separate buildings that need to be need to have further seismic evaluation to determine if they are uh, seismically risky. But there is uh, evidence to suggest that using this screening tool can reduce the, the number of 
required uh, by uh, as, mu as much as two-thirds, so greatly reduce the uh, effort involved in evaluating buildings for seismic risk. The methodology has been used hundreds of thousands of times, uh, and it's been duplicated around the world or adapted around the world. It was originally developed uh, by uh, Charles Scawthorne in the late 80s, uh, encoded into the ATC 21 document in 1988 that was immediately republished as FEMA 154. It was updated in 2002, and it contains, uh, the important point for this group, is that it contains most of the information required to develop an inventory that you could then analyze in PADS MH. That is to say, not uh, uh, as opposed to uh, evaluating societal risk, uh, it can be used to create an inventory that evaluates the risk uh, to a set of particular buildings. Uh, this one-page form can be used to gather most of the information required to, uh, to do that. The objectives of, the, of this particular project was to develop mobile software to replace that paper form uh, and put it on a, uh, on, on, on a smartphone or other mobile software. Uh, the project also set about to update the paper-based methodology to produce some training materials uh, so that you could learn to use the software. Uh, the project also included field tests, uh, pilot tests, and demonstration projects of the software, uh, and then to disseminate the software, uh, or at least to plan the dissemination of the software, including releasing it as free open source software. Um, the, uh, I'd like to talk to you now about, give you sort of an overview of the product. Um, it is part of an end-to-end -end building safety data assessment methodology. Uh, before an earthquake, one starts with the, the software on a smartphone. It's, it's client-server software, meaning that part of the software resides on a client, the smartphone, part of the software resides on a server, uh, any ordinary uh, desktop or laptop computer. But before an earthquake, one goes out with the uh, client software on a mobile phone and collects the same information that you see on the FEMA 154 form just with the smartphone. Uh, that data can then be synchronized with the server uh, any of several different ways. Uh, you can carry the phone back to the server and connect it with a wire. You can send the information uh, uh, over the telephone network if you have a data plan, uh, or you can walk into a Starbucks, uh, turn on the Wi-Fi radio, and transmit it to the transmit the data to the server, which then can accumulate the data from one or more clients. Um, the Rover server can also accept a pre-existing database uh, of buildings, uh, building information uh, from another source. Uh, if that other source uh, lists part of the information one needs for FEMA 154. Uh, it can be formed into uh, uh, an XML file, dropped into the Rover server database, and all one has to do with the client is gather the missing information. Uh, you might have a list of addresses uh, and square footages and so on, and that can be sent to the client, and uh, uh, only the remaining information picked up by the client out in the field. Uh, the information in the rover server can then be in, uh, imported to two other pieces of 
uh, free software has us, uh, or uh, the U.S. Geological Survey's ShakeCast software. Uh, and you can perform uh, all sorts of interesting analyses, as you know, with Hazus. Uh, with ShakeCast, you might not be familiar uh, with that software. With ShakeCast, you can monitor the buildings uh, minute by minute for the occurrence of earthquakes that might affect them. ShakeCast does this automatically, and when an, an earthquake occurs that uh, might affect those buildings, ShakeCast, uh, there's a rover edition of ShakeCast, that then automatically estimates the most likely uh, safety uh, damage state of the building in terms of post-earthquake uh, tag color. And then it pushes that information back into the rover server. Uh, you don't actually have to use Hazus or ShakeCast uh, with rover, but this is just an additional feature of uh, rover. After an earthquake, the uh, one can go out with the client software into the field once again and perform ATC20 post-earthquake building safety assessments with the smartphone, recording all the information one would normally record on a piece of paper on the smartphone. Um, that would be uh, uh, the, the, the observable damage to uh, each of a, uh, any large number of buildings and the determination of whether the building uh, was uh, safe uh, uh, is, uh, appears to be safe to enter or occupy, unsafe to enter or occupy, or something in between. Um, the, uh, uh, one normally puts a red, yellow, or green tag on the building after performing this post-earthquake safety inspection, uh, but the, the data get accumulated on the phone and then can be synced wirelessly or via wire back to the server so that the person who's running the server can manage the post-earthquake safety inspection process. We have done a number of, uh, number of um, uh, pilot tests um, uh, and demonstration projects, uh, some of which are shown in the, uh, the PDF, um, with to generally, uh, actually uniformly positive uh, reviews. The Los Angeles Unified School District uh, believes that it is a very valuable tool and they want to incorporate it into their standard operating procedure, both pre- and post-earthquake. Uh, for collecting and understanding their inventory, and then for responding to um, uh, earthquakes uh, after uh, afterwards, the Utah Seismic Safety Commission uh, has done a pilot project to collect an inventory of uh, school buildings, um, and a member of the uh, uh, Structural Engineers Association of Utah uh, said that Rover is so much easier to use in a quick and effective way than the paper form. Um, another structural engineer, a practicing structural engineer in Salt Lake City, just felt that um, Rover was the best use of smartphones for structural engineering, uh, structural engineering purposes that he had encountered because he'd done, done a lot of FEMA 154 evaluations in the past using the paper format and found that uh, using Rover uh, saved him a lot of time. Uh, some other distinctions between the software and the pre-existing paper format, the software allows you to take photographs with the smartphone. Uh, the, the, the photographs get uh, accumulated in a database on the server. The server automatically watermarks the photographs with date, time, building number, latitude, longitude, etc. The server also has built-in soil and hazard information uh, that it can automatically assign to the inventory. Uh, site-specific soil, site-specific hazard from U.S. Geological Survey standard products. Um, the software also does site-specific uh, safety assessment.
of the software is that uh, we have met all of our project objectives, some of which are to develop software, uh, to update the methodology, to develop training materials. We've performed a bunch of pilot tests. Uh, we've done a good deal of outreach. Uh, we've created a user web page that uh, users will be able to access to uh, uh, search for uh, uh, solutions to problems that they encountered to discuss. It has this thing. It's on a smartphone. It's on a smartphone. It's, it's not has this on a smartphone, it's Rover on a smartphone. Yes. Rover yes. on a smartphone. Thank you. Yes. Um, the, uh, uh, the software and the documentation are now packaged to a CD that is going to be printed and distributed through the FEMA warehouse. You should be able to uh, acquire the CD, order the CD from the uh, warehouse as of 1st of October, uh, and uh, the software itself will be downloadable uh, from a uh, uh, from a web website by the end of this uh, month, so you don't have to wait for the CD to be available. The uh, deliverables are the CD uh, in a standard FEMA-looking uh, format. Um, the CD comes on a, in a case with a table of contents, uh, in addition to the software, it's got it's got the client software, it's got the server software, it's got a README file, quick start guide, a user guide, a uh, number of other um, uh, 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 pieces of information. Um, the, uh, there's a bunch of guides that you can uh, uh, acquire from the CD or download from the site uh, to learn how to uh, uh, use the software to solve problems quickly, to install uh, the software quickly, uh, and so on. Uh, there are also a number of, uh, there, there's several standard FEMA uh, training PowerPoints that are being integrated with the FEMA 154 training and the ATC 20 uh, training. So uh, henceforth, uh, if you ask for uh, FEMA 154 training from the NETAP program, uh, you can also ask for rover training, and it's, it's a small addition to the FEMA 154 training. Um, now, the item that I told you was missing from the PowerPoint is a reference to uh, the software that takes the data out of Rover and puts it into Hazus. That piece of software is called Red Rover, um, as in Red Rover, Red Rover, send your data over. Um, it is uh, software to uh, extract the data from the Rover server and import it into the Hazus Advanced Engineering Building Module. There is a, um, uh, a, a training video at YouTube. If you go to YouTube and you search, use the, ter the search term Red Rover hyphen Hazus, you will see uh, a training, uh, a couple of training videos by Stuart Moffat. Uh, the YouTube page also has a link to the executable code uh, at code.google.com. Uh, th that link is right there at YouTube after you search for Red Rover hyphen Hazus. It is a very clear um, uh, video that would uh, that would walk you through taking a FEMA 154 data out of the Rover server and putting it into Hazus. Um, in the in the in the near future, uh, we are going to we're planning to switch from. Uh, development mode to uh, uh, maintenance mode. Um, there will be ongoing FEMA-funded user support. 
at least for the next year or two. Uh, the software will be taken up by a nonprofit organization called the Rover Development Partners. The reason is that um, FEMA does not want uh, Rover to be another ASIS that they have long-term uh, responsibility to maintain. So we're forming a, a nonprofit to uh, uh, undertake maintaining and disseminating uh, the software, uh, adding new features, putting it on new platforms, and so on. We will be releasing the software as free open source software via our web front. And when I say free open source software, I mean you will be able to download the, uh, the source code and modify and enhance it um, uh, for free. Uh, in order to uh, free FEMA from the ongoing uh, cost of maintenance, uh, we are going to dis continue to disseminate a free version uh, and then develop plus versions for uh, sponsors. The um, uh, sponsors will, uh, we're expecting them to uh, support the Rover Development Partners to, to create enhanced versions of the software for their own use, and we will take part of the the billing, the money collected to do those modifications in order to maintain the free version. Uh, there will be a help desk, um, uh, hosting services, and development services. Uh, finally, I'd like to tell you about a, a version of the software that is in current development. It's a web client. Now, I, I told you that this is client-server software with the client uh, residing on a smartphone. It's an application currently on the, on the smartphone. Uh, and what that means is that the application runs in a particular operating system. In this case, it's Windows Mobile, anywhere from 5 to 6.5. Um, the, the obvious challenge is that uh, a lot of people are using Android now. A lot of people are using iPhone. We have not developed a client, an application for Android or iPhone, some, a piece of software that you download onto those, uh, onto an Android phone or an iPhone, uh, and then go out and collect uh, the FEMA 54 or the, the ATC 20 data on. There is no such client. However, we have developed a web client so that any smartphone with a uh, an active um, uh, 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 data plan uh, can access the server software remotely via its um, browser. So you point your browser to the server and you can uh, collect and enter all of the information that you would have collected with a client just through the web browser. Uh, in that uh, PDF, you'll see images of uh, an Android smartphone on the left and an Android tablet on the right. Uh, the, the software that you see pictured in that, on that screen is actually up and running. We have not fully documented it. Uh, we have not done uh, large demonstration tests or pilot tests. So uh, we've basically gotten through the alpha and the beta, well, let's say the alpha testing of it. We know that it works, but there's a lot more to be done until before uh, you can uh, run out and start using the, the web client, um, such as uh, developing training materials and so on. Uh, and that, that concludes my introduction of uh, the Rover software, and I'm, I'm, I'm open to uh, questions. Keith, thank you so much. It's really pretty fascinating. Does anybody have any questions? 
Where would we download it from or take a look Where at it? Where would you download it? Yeah. Um, you'll, you'll, you'll find the, um, the documentation at www.atc-rover.org. Okay. Uh, that's the same. That's, uh, I'll, I'll say that again. www.atc-rover.org. What we've got there now is just the documentation. We have not uploaded the CAM file or the executable, uh, the, the installation software. Uh, we're expecting to do that by the uh, end of August. Great. Well, what do you guys think? Has anybody heard about this? Is anybody thinking they'll try it? Do you guys have some questions or some feedback? I do know that um, another state in Region 4 was interested in trying this as well, Keith. Um, should we uh, talk to you about um, the best way to implement that? Yeah, sure. Yeah, um, you can talk to me or the Applied Technology Council. Um, okay. Whatever's more convenient. You'll see the, a link to the email address of the Applied Technology Council representative, Tom McLean. Somebody else have a comment? Anybody was somebody's talking about the LA Unified? Um, or, or were you speaking to us or to, to somebody else? Oh, somebody that was next to me. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> let, let me tell you um, a little bit more about. Are they using that now? Is LA Unified using it now? Yes. Um, no, they're not yet because we have just, you know, we're just about to release the software. We ha it hasn't, we haven't had the freedom to hand it to them and, and uh, so that they could implement it. Um, the the, uh, the official release uh, will be October first, um, but they uh, a couple of years ago they uh, said, well, we're definitely going to do this. Um, the, one of the one of their motivations was that after the 1994, 1994 Northridge earthquake, they went out and did a lot of post earthquake safety assessments using ATC 20, the paper form, uh, and had a challenge um, getting the getting FEMA to reimburse them reimburse them for all the work they had done in responding to that earthquake. And the reason for that was uh, loss of documentation. One of the main motivators for the Los Angeles Unified School District to adopt Rover was so after earthquakes, they could get more money back from the federal government. Very good. Okay. Another, another one of their motivators, I think it's a lesser motivator, was that you know they've been trying to get a handle on the uh, something like 14,000 buildings uh, that they uh, own and manage. Uh, trying to identify which ones are seismically vulnerable and, and to develop a mitigation strategy. But without a FEMA 154 approach or a, uh, a rover approach, um, that's, that's a very time-consuming process. Um, just to, uh, uh, to find the drawings for an individual building uh, in an organization the size of LA Unified can take hours, and they have 14,000 of these buildings. Then to 
that any kind of seismic assessment uh, for any individual building can take a day or days or weeks. So you can see how uh, using FEMA 154, the paper methodology, or Rover, the electronic equivalent, um, could cut down just a prohibitive amount of labor to assess their seismic risk, especially if LA Unified got the same cost savings of two-thirds of the effort um, by screening out those buildings that probably don't need to be seismically evaluated. Great. Are there questions? Keith, is there anything you'd like to add? Um, sure. Um, uh, LA Unified is a one example of an organization that wants to create an inventory of its buildings. Uh, Hazus is a wonderful, wonderful tool for, um, for uh, at least two purposes. Uh, one is to uh, do emergency planning, figure out how big a problem you're going to have at a societal level in future earthquakes. And second, to do benefit-cost analysis of individual seismic rehabilitation measures within the Hazardous Advanced Engineering Building Module. But there's this big gap in between those two applications, and that is the evaluation of significant numbers of particular buildings. For, for example, a city that wanted to know, uh, you know, if, if cities right now can estimate the risk to the entire building stock, and they can subdivide that by uh, occupancy classification, uh, structure type, and so on. Um, but uh, they may want to evaluate a set of particular buildings using detailed information about the, those structures. Uh, the, the hazardous inventory, the, the default inventory, is an estimate by proxies, and one might want to go out and, and look at all the fire stations or look at all the police stations or look at all the city-owned buildings or look at all the schools and evaluate just those buildings uh, and use uh, observations about their uh, structural characteristics rather than the built-in proxies. Uh, 154 and Rover are a good way to do that. Rover is particularly useful uh, because with the, with the software Rover and the import software Red Rover, you can very efficiently collect that inventory. There is no other uh, standard methodology developed for Hazus to create that building-by-building building inventory. So it, it's unique in that. Rover is, is kind of unique in that way and can uh, serve an, an, an unmet need for certain jurisdictions that want to deal with a list of particular buildings. Great. Thank you. Other thoughts or questions? All right. Well, then, Keith, I want to just on behalf of all the Hazus users who participate in the call and those who may listen to it in the future as podcasts, thank you so much for sharing your work with us. Um, we will post the podcast to use Hazus in the next couple days and then um, move that to iTunes. And uh, go ahead and send me the updated presentation, and I'll make sure that's attached to it. Uh, and just so everybody knows, our next call will be September 20th. Um, I don't have a 
call a speaker for that call yet. So if somebody has something in mind or would like to do a presentation, then uh, by all means, let me know. All right. Well, that's all I have for today. So I'd like to thank you again, and we'll talk to everybody next month. Bye. Thank you. Thank you.